Well, you've waited your whole lives for it. San Jose Sharks have finally acquired Mike Hoffman. <laughs> All right, everybody, you know the deal. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's Eric Carlson trade day. Uh, jerk man, initial thoughts? <laughs> My initial thoughts are, um, it, do you, it's more of a question. Do you finally feel uh, vindicated? Vind- I knew you were going there. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> to, to, to be fair, uh, yeah. a little bit. I kind of do. Okay. A little bit. Sure, I mean, I, I think we can all finally say that the contract extension was a terrible idea. Yeah, I mean, given the fact that they traded it away halfway through, definitely jives with that, I would say. Yeah, and he was only good for one of those years. Or I should say, I don't want to say good, uh, healthy. I was gonna. Well, yeah, I was going to say it depends on what, how you define the word good. But, yeah, I get your point. Or I should say the return on investment was only good for one year. How's right. That? I mean, it, yeah, of course. And you made the point very early on that, <clears throat> you know, at, at, at that kind of dollar amount, you want to be in the top five Norris voting yearly. And, unfortunately, I believe that only happened twice, you know, the first year and then this most recent year. So mm-hmm. I, 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 I still, you know. At the end of the day, I still like what Eric Carlson brought to the table. I still think he's a really good player, but the things that you've been saying for a while do have some merits. Okay, see, that's that's all I'm saying. <laughs> just, I don't need all the cookies, just one or two. So let's get into what in t- is entailed in all this because it's uh, it's funny to see uh, Montreal like somehow come in and save the day. So... <clears throat> who the who the hell is Rem Pitlick? Um, he's I don't want to say he's just a guy because he's a little bit more than that. Um, I mean, kind of like that sort of really good AHLer kind of floats around the bottom six NHLer sort of sort of guy. I mean, good stats last year, so he's not a nothing piece. You know, he definitely is going to add to Pittsburgh's uh, depth. You know, as they try and you know go on one more run or I guess three more runs with how Eric Carlson's contract is structured. Yeah. Uh, okay. So Pittsburgh also gets Dylan Hamilton. Yeah. Which, you know, when the Sharks drafted him in 2019, it was a, he was a prospect that I kind of was excited that the Sharks were able to get their hands on. And then it never really went anywhere from there. So I think similar to as much as I hate to say it, similar to, uh, Santori Hatika with the Timo Meyer deal. It's mm. like, you know, we like you, but maybe somewhere else will help you grow better, you know? Okay, I'm good with that. And it's not as if the Sharks Barracuda are hemorrhaging players. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so they finally, uh, in the last piece, the Penguins getting a 2026 third-round pick. Now, that seemed a little high to me, but then I saw how much money the Sharks are keeping on the books for Carlson. And I was like, no, I'm fine with that. Third round's good. Well, and and, and it's a third round pick three years from now, right? Yeah, like, when the Sharks might actually be good again. That, but not only that, but, and and this is definitely putting the cart before the horse, but look at, look at who the Sharks already have on the roster before this trade. And then obviously who they're bringing in with this trade. Like, 
I don't think they will be without a 2026 third for very long. Let's just say that. It's okay, then. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Montreal being third man in the deal, getting Jeff Petrie. God I love him. I thought I saw something that uh, the Pens are going to eat a little bit of Petrie's money. Is that right? Yeah, they're they're eating twenty five percent of of Petrie's remaining contract, which is this year and next year. I believe it. I want to double check this. I believe it's at six and three quarters. Um, here's the kind of the fun little thing of the whole of this whole trade: six and one quarter for Jeff Petrie, by the way. Um, so <clears throat> Jeff Petrie had been prior to um prior to last season Jeff Petrie had been a Montreal Canadian for 9 years and Montreal's like you know what we're rebuilding we're going to send Petrie to Pittsburgh maybe he can win a cup there play more minutes blah 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 all that kind of stuff and then a year later Pittsburgh's like you know what <laughs> why don't you just go back <laughs> and, <laughs> and and what I really think is it's an underrated element to this trade and I don't think it's something that a lot of people have mentioned which is it's fine this trade is less than an hour old but think about all the dialogue uh surrounding this trade um you know pretty much since the season ended right it's been how much are the Sharks going to retain? Is it 30%, 40%, 50%? You know, and, and it ends to up be, being... To be fair, yeah. you were on the train of like, hey, eat as much as possible. You're going to yeah. suck for the duration, so get all you can. Yeah, there's a part of me that still kind of feels that way. But I'm very <laughs> I'm very happy with this deal because they end up only retaining $1.5 million, which I believe is... That's 13, nothing. That's like 13%, I think, of his cap or something, somewhere in that neighborhood. So... All of the dialogue over the last four or five months was for nothing because the Sharks retained a million and a half dollars. But also the other thing coming out of that dialogue was, are the Sharks going to have to loop a third team in? Are the Sharks going to have to pay a sweetener to get rid of the contract? And they did end up having to loop a third team in. But if you just look at where everybody went, it almost seems like the Sharks said to Pittsburgh, like, hey, if you want to make this happen we are passing the quote unquote sweetener requirement onto you. And I think that's why uh, Jeff Petrie is going back to Montreal with Pittsburgh holding on to 25% of his money. That's also why I think Pittsburgh gave Montreal a second round pick uh, two years from now. It's almost like Pittsburgh had to, had to come up with the sweetener, which is another good little thing right there. Um, from the Sharks, because like I said, we've seen it the other way a million times where, you know, really, really good players, you basically have to beg to get rid of them, you know? <laughs> no kidding. Oh, man. So, yeah, a couple other pieces go to Montreal. Let, let's just, let, who cares? Let's just get to what San Jose's getting. Yeah, I'm. I, well, I just, I, I do like it for Montreal because they get a second, and Jeff Petrie evidently meshed really well there. Maybe he... I don't know. Maybe he plays there and he is a leader for them. Maybe they flip him and Montreal keeps doing what they're doing. I don't, you know, I think, I think they're just happy to be there. They're like, you're going to give us a second and we get someone back that we like. Okay. Yeah. Play. And then you get a goalie and you get Casey DeSmith and okay. Right. Or I'm sorry. <laughs> goalie. He is the goalie. <laughs> yep. I'm telling you, it's too early for me to function. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the sharks. All right. Grandland. What do you think of like what what do you like about that? I you know, 
and I'm definitely in the minority here. I acknowledge that. I I like Mikhail Granlin. I don't think he's some spectacular player, but I think he is decent. And, you know, he was acquired at the deadline by Pittsburgh and didn't really work out there, um, which part of it is yeah it happens and so i'm looking at this as part of it is like you know trying to dump salary because you know he's making five million dollars this year and next year and then uh the other part of it is hey you know what it didn't work out why don't we just move on and save everyone the headache but the thing with granlin is he's a versatile player like he can play on the wing he can play on this at center which obviously gives david quinn uh, options when when putting together a lineup, you know, next season and the year after. But the other thing as well with Mikhail Granlin is he's he's good enough to where if you put him in the right situation, you can sort of rebuild his cachet a bit and flip him uh, either this coming trade deadline or at the 2025 trade deadline when he's going to be a UFA. So. With Granlin and with Hoffman, actually, like, it's really smart because some might look at this and say, really, that's all you got? But you have to, I guess, forecast down the road that Granlin and Hoffman will at some point end up being flipped for second round picks. And this is what I'm saying. It's definitely getting ahead of things, but it's all about how the Sharks can, like, kind of rehab and rebuild those images. Because if you can, you know, I mean, also, the third round pick the Sharks gave up, gave up is 2026. Like this trade is far from being set in stone, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I I look at it as a win and it's definitely, you know, the Sharks are definitely playing the long game here, but given where they're at, you, you almost kind of want them to play the long game, right? Well, in dude, 2024 draft right now, the Sharks have four picks in the first two rounds and you know, one of the, if everything goes proper in New Jersey, that could be three first round picks. Yeah, and and many people are saying that. Uh, <laughs> Albeit, when, many people are ma- saying it's going to be a soft draft, but still. Sure, but but you know what? Like even in the, so- I mean, go back to any draft year that was considered a soft draft, and you know, there's just something about first round picks that you know teams kind of lose their mind over, right? Whether it's whether it's trading or drafting, because, you know, I, I, I know people are going to freak out, you know, when this escapes my lips here. But with three thir- first round picks, if there's a trade that kind of falls into your lap that, mm-hmm. you know, maybe you think kind of could help you out uh, down the road, then you explore that and you say, OK, yes, we're giving up a first round pick when we're terrible, but is this a under 24 player that's got first line potential? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, Grayson Hendricks in the chat. Thank you so much for the donation. Shout out. What are the odds? The sharks now try to offer sheet Lafreniere. I mean, well, he did so great under, uh, what the hell's the name of our coach? David Quinn. <laughs> he did so well under Quinn. No, I'm kidding. I, who knows at this if point, I can I, be I, cynical. Dude, I hope I zero. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Um, I can't, um, yeah, there's only so many reclamation and rehab projects you can have. Well, that's the and and that's the thing. That's a good point because like Grandland is a reclamation project, even though he's been more good than not good. So I don't foresee that being that difficult of a project. LeBanc is technically a reclamation project. Hoffman, 
I think Hoffman has still put up good numbers in Montreal, but again, a guy who is not putting up the numbers he put up when he was with Ottawa and Florida. So maybe, maybe you can get him back to being a 70 point guy. Um, Duclair, not really a reclamation project, but had a down year. So you hope that you can goose those numbers. Lindblom's a reclamation project. Zetterland, you not a reclamation project, but you want him to maybe provide more offense. Zadina, definite reclamation project. So, the Sharks, they have a lot of, uh, you know, they have a lot, of, a lot of money down on the table here. And as long as they don't roll a seven, you know, I think things will be really good for them with the players they've acquired in terms of long-term building. Well, and let's 30,000-foot view this. The pieces sure. that, that the Sharks brought in. Granlin, two years, right? This year and next year, he's on. He's contracted 31 years old. Correct. Then... You have uh, Ruda, defenseman, mm-hmm. 33 years old, two years. Yep. Then you've got, I mean, which has to be the funniest part of this whole thing. I mean, it's like the the humor god said, you know, AJ has for has his reasons for whatever, uh, not the biggest Carlson fan. So when we finally move him out, let's just give him that little extra giggle by adding Mike fucking Hoffman to the deal. So (laughs) you get Hoffman 33, only one year. And the, the dude Hoffman, what does he do? He just goes somewhere and and takes that team to the playoffs. That's what he does. Yeah. (laughs) And, and the thing with Hoffman, especially as a pending uh, unrestricted free agent, like he's going to be, in the top six, he's going to be on one of the top two power play units. Like everything, every emphasis is going to be put towards getting Mike Hoffman back to be a 70 point player. I don't, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to tantalize people too much here, but it wasn't that long ago that Hoffman put up back to back seasons at a 70 point pace. Mm hmm. If he does that again, does all of a sudden Mike Hoffman become worth a first round pick? Dude. And right I'm now I'm just saying, you know, big money Mike is winning me over with these last few trades. I dude. <laughs> I get it, you know, I remember us very early on the what it was like the birds trade, right? We were all kind of yep. uh, we were whelmed. Yep. It was very meh. And here we are basically a year later and I got to sit there and I have to admit I've, I see light at the end of this tunnel. Like, I, I get what Greer is throwing down. Right. You know, well, like, I'm seeing it like they're fine. And again, it's it's sad that the Sharks were the last ones to realize they needed to rebuild. <laughs> but, dude, Greer, so far, I'm going, God damn, man, I, I got to uh, gotta give this guy credit. And then losing Curtis Brown off the broadcast, uh, even another plus. This has been so good. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, on the ice, off the ice, it's all been roses, man. <laughs> oh, but And so now the Sharks, 3.9 left in projected cap space. However, they are at 23 of 23 on their roster size, but 48 of 50 on the contract. So, hmm. Makes you wonder what else could occur. But if you look... At kind of where we are in the summer, right? There's still, there, yeah, there's still, there's a, still a, you know, they can make a player a good amount of guys. Like, 
but right. yeah, there's still a good amount of players that are available on the free agency market. Not anybody who's spectacular, but if you think, hey, maybe this is a guy we can play and and sort of, well, you know. Re- dude, remember, Sharks Facebook, anytime somebody becomes available, it's always, oh, Sharks should get him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cap space and roster space be damned, right? <sighs> but here's here's the other thing, though. I, you know, with, you mentioned the cap, the Sharks are at $3.99 million in cap space, which is, to have a full roster and have that much space left, that's, that's perfect. That's perfect, right? Mm-hmm. But... You look at it a little bit deeper. The Sharks are carrying 14 defensemen. Or I'm sorry, Jesus, 14 forwards. It feels like 14 defensemen. Yeah. The, the Sharks are carrying 14 forwards. They're not going to go into the season doing that. Mm-hmm. They're carrying eight defensemen. They're not going to go into the season doing that. So that's between the two. That's two more roster players that are going to be sent to the Barracuda or what have you, right? So if you just if you kind of lowball your estimation, you know, the Sharks could very easily end up with another, you know, after it's all said and done, they could be closer to five and a half million dollars in space, you know, after they set their roster. Yeah. Uh, hold on. Let's get to just another Randy G. Thank you. Shout hey. out. Does retaining two players cap hits for the next two years, the worst thing that comes out of this trade for SJ? No, because they were going to suck <laughs> anyway. <laughs> right. And the, yeah, it's, and and the other thing too, not that it's really, not that it's really jamming things up at all, but there's a kind of a big picture here, is so Martin Jones buyout penalty is two point nine million dollars for this year. After this year, it goes down to one point six. So you have some savings there as well. Mm-hmm. Also, Rudolph Balser's buyout penalty three hundred eight thousand, which is nothing. That's not even a full contract, dude. That's, that that's that completely it. drops off. That's a night in the champagne room for the boys. Right. So so if you and, you know, 23, 24 hasn't even started and we're already forecasting to the year after. But, you know, a year from now, we're going to be talking about how the Sharks buyout situation has eased a little bit. And they've ended up with just doing some quick math about about one and a half million dollars extra in cap space just from the buyout situation kind of relaxing a bit. And what's the cap projected to go up to? next season like up uh, about four to five mil maybe three yeah to five? next yeah next season so so we got another little baby bump for this year 83 and a half million next year they're expecting 87 and a half million see that's which what, what i'm saying yeah so it's kind of the perfect sort of opportunity if you will where you all these big money guys who maybe are not playing up to the contract or maybe you just don't need them on your team right lebanc hoffman duclair barabanov lindholm like I I wouldn't be surprised if none of those guys are re-signed, right? Yes. And so you're you're saving your Radim Shimmick as well, Capo mm-hmm. uh, Kakinen as well, Luke Cunton. So you're saving a lot of money on that front. The buyouts uh penalty is going down from three point two two million to one point six six million, almost cut in half, really. Yeah. It's huge. And the salary cap is going up four million dollars. So it's kind of a perfect storm where This is what sharks, I'm saying. The sharks are gonna have a boatload of cap space next summer and three first round picks so again i I, I don't want to say provided jersey does well correct yes you're right i don't want to say the sharks are going to trade their way out of this hole but if a player if like again like i said if a 24 or younger first line kind of player becomes available maybe big money mike takes a sniff Mm -hmm. all right skyler in the chat shout out 
Thanks. Shout next, out to Skyler. Next year, Sharks have 36.4 mil in cap space. That's, uh, that's, that's a good amount. And you look like who... Who? Who on this team do they have to re-sign? I mean, Henry Thrun. May, yeah, <laughs> Henry Thrun. Yeah, Henry Thrun is kind of a big one, but I don't foresee him commanding a bunch of money. Truthfully, um, same with Thomas Bordalo. Um, Barabanov. Jacob Jacob Peterson. <laughs> if he has a if he has a big year, he'll get some nice coin. But like beyond that, like Kakinen, maybe Shimmick, absolutely not. McDonald, absolutely not. <laughs> Ryan Carpenter, no. Cunning. Cunning will probably get re-signed. Um, Zadina, if it, Zadina, if it works out, he'll get re-signed. But like Lindblom, probably not. Barbanov, 50-50. Duclair, probably not. Hoffman, probably not. LeBanc, probably not. So the Sharks are going to have a bunch of cap space and not really a lot of guys they need to sign. So this yeah. also allows them to take on cap dumps. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Perfect storm, I think. I'm, I'm liking where this is going. Hey, Doom Knight, like this. Doom Knight, as a nice fan, never seen Doom Knight in the chat before, so welcome in. Doom Knight, as a nice fan, what is this going to do to make the rivalry more interesting? Feels like San Jose are in fire sale mode. They absolutely are. And what will make it the, more interesting is your Knights will win more games. The, the, hold on, I'm sorry, your Knights will what? I said, as what will make it more interesting is Doom Knights, Golden Knights will win more games. Uh, yes. yes. Interesting yes, yes. for them. The uh, let, We'll see. This is, now here's the funny thing. To, let's just go off topic just for a hot second. Sure. Um, again, my voice is still trying to wake up. Um, <laughs> the Knights and the Sharks, you think yep. the trajectory that both teams are on over the next five years, you can see that the Sharks have this plan and it, you know it's all part of the plan. And we're just like you're saying, we have it. We're going to gain a whole bunch of cap space, plus our dead money is going to get halved. And a lot of these pieces, whether it's a Mike Hoffman or whoever, could potentially be flipped for more pieces mm -hmm. going forward. And, you know, Money Mike going to make them money moves. So over the course, like maybe by 26, right, mm -hmm. the Sharks are competitive again. They're they're making the playoffs. They're they're potentially looking at the second round. Yeah, maybe we we like you know we don't know. Say say Krona becomes the next Patrick Waugh. Like we we don't know things. Weird things have, are, are afoot at the Circle K some days. But on that same level, over the next three years, the bill is going to come due in Vegas. Yeah, right. It does for every Cup winning team. The bill will come due. March or so. Isn't he like 36 or something? No, he's not that old, but he's definitely getting there. He's on right? the wrong side of 30. Yeah, he, Marcia so 30, 32, but he's more, I think more notable is that he's going to be a free agent after this year. There you go. And it's not as though, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Vegas is known for having loyalty to their players. So, or cap space for their players. That as well. So, you know, something it may come due. They better hope that uh, I, Aiden Hill can keep it, keep her going. Uh, yeah, you know, pitter patter. But and hmm. it, it's kind of interesting, right? The way you look at just you mentioned trajectory, right? Where the Sharks, you know, the first the first two years of uh, of Vegas's uh, tenure in the league, 
the Sharks and the Golden Knights were like if you were to visualize them on a on a graph, they like their lines were pretty much touching. Like that's how similar those two teams were. Mm-hmm. And then after 2019, like Vegas shot up and the Sharks shot down. And I think eventually over time, I don't want to handicap it, maybe three years, five years, you're going to see those lines sort of creep back to the center and cross over again. And, you know, maybe they'll both flip the opposite direction. But, you know, I think it's going to be a while to the points you made about Sharks taking multiple steps back, the Vegas Golden Knights kind of exploding upwards like it's going to be a while before both teams are on a similar level, I think. So with this move, yep. what are you projecting? And you know I'm not a fan of doing this, you know, sure. speculating weeks out. There could be more moves to be made. But as it stands right now, who are, who are the seven guys you got uh, wearing teal on opening night on the blue line? Well... I mean, I'll, I'll do the the free spaces first. Vlasic and Ferraro. Sure. Um, I would. I obviously you put Jan Ruta in there just because you traded for him, but also he's an NHL defenseman. Mm-hmm. So you know, um, from there it's sort of kind of a jump ball. Kind of a, uh, yeah, it's really kind of you know pull a name out of the hat. I would say just oh and Matt Benning. I'm sorry. So those four I think are your locks: Vlasic, Ferraro, Ruta, and Matt Benning. From there, I think it really just kind of goes to both personal preference and where you think they're at in their development. Like, I say Nikolai Kanijov is probably your number five. Um, I would say... So, so then, and I don't mean to interrupt, but... No, so you're the, sure. You're good. So then let me ask you, do you think the play then would be better to have Kanijov down with the Kuda playing more minutes, you know, like top pair versus having him like I understand the benefits on both sides but what do you think is the play when you look that it's like they still have Burroughs they still have McDonald Shimmick um again I don't want to have more dead money (laughs) (laughs) so I don't is he your seventh guy or do the Sharks just wave him probably that one all right especially because we talked about and and not that our opinion really matters. Oh, um, I think but... that we have receipts. Our <laughs> opinion matters. But <laughs> but you know, we one of the final things we talked about at the end of this past season was how if the Sharks were forced to buy out Radim Shimmick, how tame it would be. Mm-hmm. Like actually not tame is the wrong word to there use there. How painless it would be. Yeah. Painless is probably the better word there. Like almost like addition by subtraction. And so, which is sad because we were such shimmick guys for so long, right? Right. And and so I'm not like why I say our opinion doesn't matter is because maybe people in the organization don't see it the way that we see it. But I think you're right. Where if you have to wave him or you basically he's the seventh guy or you end up trading him away for you know a future considerations, like big deal. You know what I mean? But going back to what you said about Kanijov, um. The thing is, and and I don't know that somebody would take him, but Kanijov now requires waivers to go to the American Hockey League. So oh, that's a kick you, in the you do you do run the risk of 
you do run the risk of losing him to waivers, but also, and I think this is kind of the most important part, <clears throat> excuse me, the Sharks gave the Sharks gave Nikolai Kanijov a two-year extension when he had only played 12 games in the last two years. That's a great point. Yeah, that the tells me that did, tells me they really like him. Well, really like him, but I think that's that means something to Kanijov. Yeah, like hey, we're 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 trusting you. We're we're loyal to you. We believe in you. You know, we do not right necessarily. Yeah, we're gonna do right by you. And I don't and I don't think it's the Sharks being like, hey, you better do what we want because we're paying you. I don't think it's that way. I think it's more like. Despite the small body of work the last two years, the Sharks gave him gave him a two year deal, a two year one way deal, I might add, and for, got rid of the guy whose name sounded too close to his. That too, right? <laughs> but I just look at the fact, yeah, and Kevin Lacey pointing out, Kanijov is on a one way contract as well, so that kind of further dampens the whole, you know, Barracuda plan, but. I think when you're when you're giving a guy who's played 12 games over the last two years a two-year contract, like to me that says you are going to be in the NHL. Well, it just makes me wonder then who's your top pair in with the Barracuda next year? I mean, Nikita and Shakir. I mean, if 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 Thrun um, and uh, you know Kanijov are, are making uh, a because that again that's the other thing if Thrun and Kanijov have like a monster camp, mm -hmm. like. Oh my God! Then what do you do? Well, and and they well, I think what you do is you say, hey, you know what? We're just we're going with the best players, you know, and it's an added bonus that the best players are the young players, right? Mm -hmm. But I do think you just look. I mean, the Sharks they brought in a lot of guys. I mean, uh, even without Kanijov or Thrun, right? They have Muka Madulin, um, they have Gannon Larock, they have Nick Chichek, uh. Aquatuk, who they got in the Timo Meyer deal. Um, Valtteri Pulley, who they signed uh, out of the Finnish league. Uh, Gavanka, who they traded for, or I believe they signed or traded for Gavanka. But same with Gavanka, he left Winnipeg. He signed, and Kevin will tell you this, he signed a multi year deal for millions of dollars to go to Germany. And he was like, you know what? Those sharks, they gave me a one year deal, at less than a million dollars. I'm going to go there. So mm -hmm. clearly, Gavanka is in their plans, probably top pair. In the Barracuda would be Gavanka and maybe an opportunity to get called up to the NHL roster should guys like Shimmick or McDonald uh, or even Matt Benning or Ferraro, just guys who've had whispers around them, get moved out. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> the other the, again, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the humor and the giggles. I just want to say getting Mike Hoffman back in this deal is so hysterically funny to me. What do you what? think is more ironic? Carlson and Hoffman being traded for each other or <laughs> or this being Hoffman's second tenure in Teal? Oh, it, dude, it's it just all works out so perfectly. Like yeah, it, again, <laughs> it was just kind of like the hockey gods looked down and said, "How can we make AJ more excited about <laughs> Let's get Hoffman involved. This is great." Oh, in stick taps to um Elliot Friedman for doing yeoman's work in providing so many bloggers and podcasters <laughs> with content. <laughs> what are they going to do now? Yeah. <laughs> Between right. now and camp. <laughs> Jeez, man. All especially, those manufactured because... clickbait articles and everything. Dude, I swear to God, one of the articles I saw, it's it was, here's 10 teams 
Eric Carlson could end up with. And then the article went on to list a reason for each team why it wouldn't happen. I'm going, what? <laughs> well, and and the other the other really kind of interesting thing as well about that is <clears throat> all of the insiders, basically from basically from Canada Day, or I'm sorry, uh, Fourth of July to Labor Day is pretty much like an extended vacation for them. So the fact that Elliot Friedman is on vacation and he's like, you know what? I'm going to throw a tweet out here that's going to really, you know, butter, butter toast. everyone's toast. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, doing that while on vacation, I think, is is even more incredible. I want to point out to Kevin, Kevin mentioning as well, Gavanka initially signed in Germany because he wasn't getting an NHL opportunity in Winnipeg. Mm. So it, it makes me wonder if the Sharks were able to lure him back to North America maybe there's the promise of an NHL opportunity because I'll be honest with you. Like I know Jacob McDonald, he came in uh, with the Ryan Merkley trade last year mm-hmm. and played in the NHL. I'm not convinced guys in the NHL this year. And, you know, there is still, you know, some considerations for Shimmick as well. Like we pointed out, there've also been a lot of whispers around Ferraro and Benning. I mean, just because they're on the younger side and have years left doesn't mean they're safe. You know, oh, like we, like we always we the the joke we were doing earlier, like I don't remember who it was, but it was like no one is safe, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it and it's true. You know what I mean? Like, well, let's I, hold on, let's let's get back to this for uh, a second because I I think this is great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, well, hold on, let's talk about what Ricky's saying in the chat right now. So I think the most ironic part is Carlson leaving Ottawa for an over the hill aging Sharks core, and then he goes. I want to win, trade me now, and goes to the Penguins who are in the same situation. <laughs> the only thing with that, though, last I checked, the Sharks don't have a Crosby or a Malkin or a Latang. Sure. Or absolutely. a Brian or a Brian Rust. But, or, okay, uh, that's you know, all those guys. Solid point. Uh, but aging core with the Penguins, how do you think Carlson and Latang are going to work out? Is that going to be Burns Carlson part two? I've... I've heard that Latang is just, they're playing him too many minutes. They think he would be more effective if they could bring those down. So, obviously, here's Eric Carlson coming along. How do you think this works out? I mean, this is the last kick at the can for Crosby and the boys, eh? Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, especially Crosby's got two years left this year and next year. And that's not to say that I think he'll end up walking away and going somewhere else, but you know, depending <clears throat> depending on what happens in those next two years, I think could really sort of set the stage for where Pittsburgh goes from there, right? And to your question about Carlson and Latang, you know, I kind of thought the same thing, right? Like when people were talking about it, I was thinking like, how do they coexist? You know, like how is this not just Burns Carlson 2.0? But a lot of people seem to think it's not going to be just this style of game Latang plays. Like it would still allow Carlson to do his thing. And the more you kind of look at it, like I, I'm, I'm inclined to agree with that because you look like with Burns and with Carlson, like they were both at the time, they were both playing at a number one defenseman pace, like points and just minutes, power play, penalty kill, all the situations, right? Where now you look at what Chris Letang has done. Like it almost seems like Chris Letang to the point of the people you mentioned would settle into that second pair, second power play unit, second penalty. Well, actually probably first penalty unit because Eric Carlson shouldn't kill penalties. So <laughs> I feel like 
because of where that would Letang require is, playing defense. Go ahead. Right. Be, because of where Latang is at in relation to where Burns was four years ago, I feel like Carlson Latang can work out as long as there's that understanding, you know? Sure. I'm down with that. Um, I and somebody... I don't, and, and, you know, with Pittsburgh, like they definitely do have an aging core. I'm not going to say that they don't, um, but they're still like, I, wasn't, I don't wanna, wasn't last I don't wanna... season the first time they'd missed the playoffs in the Crosby era? Uh, yes, correct. So, yeah. and you know, I don't, I don't like, I, I don't want to, you know, call anyone out here, but I Say really, it. I really feel like the, I really feel like the whole, oh, this person is this age thing is a false flag, right? Oh, dude, like, how, how old was Lidstrom when he finally hung him up? Like 41? Well, Chelios? What, Nick Lidstrom didn't win his first Norris Trophy until after the age of 30, and he won seven of them. See? There you go. And, but but here's the other thing. I'll, I'll pose the question to you. People say aging core and what are they doing and all this kind of stuff. First of all, the Penguins have a better team than the Sharks. I think that's worth mentioning. Mm -hmm. But also, if you're building your team and you look at Evgeny Malkin, who's 37, are you going to say, man, this guy's 37. I don't know if I can have him on my team. Or are you going to say, this guy scored 83 points as a 37-year-old? Right. Well, And the I mean, funny thing is, defensively, <laughs> the average age of the team, the Sharks and the and the Penguins, they're both like 29. Yeah. <laughs> the, the average, now, yeah, Vlasic's going to skew that number just like Carlson's going to skew it or whatever. But uh, the um, Penguins... Average age of their forward group, 31. The Sharks right now, 27. So, right. and, you know. And it's definitely a consideration. The The Penguins, they are older at forward. But, but again, they're, they're, they're playing, better. Yeah, exactly. They're competing right now. They are making that last kick of the can. The Sharks. I, I Yeah, I wouldn't even say they're playing better. I would just say they are better, right? Oh, yeah. Well, that, like, oh, I'm sorry. That's what I meant. Yeah, like Crosby, Malkin, the Sharks don't have one of those right now. You know, Brian Rust is very good. Ricard Raquel is very good. Jake Gensel, the Sharks had one of those, and they traded him away. Um, they bring in Riley Smith on the cheap. Jeff Carter's still effective despite his age. Lars Eller, same thing. Getting Rem Pitlick, you know, he's 26, so maybe there's not much more room to grow, but he's an effective player, right? So, yes, the Penguins are older, and they're definitely closer to the end than the beginning, but... Like, this is not a dead-on-arrival team. Like, the Penguins will probably make the playoffs next year, and they'll probably do really well. Just the way that team is structured, they have too much firepower. Well, and talking about the way things are structured, how much money did Hasso Plotner have to cough up for this? What do you mean by that? Well, I'm seeing a Puckpedia net cap hit year by year, year one, Plus 2.25 mil. Year two, minus 2.25 mil. Years three and four, dash 10 million. Right. So, I mean, you would have to... That's I mean, the way you, Carlson's uh, deal is structured, right? Yeah, I mean, if you if you want to let me whip out a calculator... Whip can, it out! I can, uh, if you want if you want to vamp, I can... Uh, well, I'm just... I, my whole thing about this is, look, I was... I, I think... A couple people might be under the illusion that I wasn't the biggest Carlson fan. 
<laughs> you don't say. <laughs> yeah. So I'm very happy to see this happen. Not because he didn't have a great year last year, but let's be real. Where the Sharks are versus where Carlson is at. Like, this is the best. For me, like, this is the best possible outcome we could have seen. We saw so many... Uh, <sighs> All the hyperbole and speculation. Oh, the Sharks are going to... Greer's over his skis on this. He only wants to retain up to 20%. And look, nobody's banging down his door. And Carolina has made this signing. And Seattle's made this signing. And so, what was it? Carolina got D'Angelo. And Seattle gets done. Or Inks done. Basically waving a flag that says, Hey, yo. We're, we're, we're out of the sweepstakes. Plus, not to mention, let's also, I, I'm not saying that any of this uh, holds any weight whatsoever, but I just want to say, back, say on, back on July 18th, Pittsburgh Tribune podcast with Tim Pence and Mark Madden had Madden saying, Carlson is vehemently against going to Carolina. So, you know, take that for what it is, but all I know is Chief ain't in Carolina. So, so what, what's, uh, how much did Hasso have to, uh, cough up for the, you know, to stick in your craw to sit there and go, oh boy, half this contract. Yikes. So here, oh yeah, you know what? And that's, that's a consideration I didn't, uh, factor in, but it's, um, let me see really quick. So, it's, so this deal is going to cost it's going to cost Hasso Plattner just just this trade players coming in retain salary all this kind of stuff right and this is over the length of time that all these respective players have left on their contracts this deal cost Hasso Plattner 27 million dollars but it saved him 33 million dollars oh well, that's, so that's a good so piece of business then. Yeah, so you're you're net positive six million dollars. Oh, that's that's a yeah, that's a nice piece of business. Also, I'm... what if what if I were to tell you? Oh, say it. What if I were to tell you? And and again, this is gonna be kind of really perfectly crafted in order to help my narrative. <laughs> but what if I told you that Granland, Hoffman, and Ruta, their cap hits combined is very close. Like I, I don't have the exact number, but plus or minus a couple thousand dollars to what Carlson's cap hit is this year. Oh, I love that. Thank you, Morpheus. Chris in the chat, our buddy Chris, where you been? I'll never understand anyone who wants Hasso more engaged. He's writing checks as he should. Go look at how active owners work out in pro sports and make you the argument to me why that's a good idea. Hello, John yep. Fisher. <laughs> Just... I've been saying I've been saying that ever oh. since I've I've been saying that ever since like the reverse sweep. Like oh yeah, like no. what like I I just and to, you this put is way people off in place to be successful and you sit back and you cut the checks and you let them uh, execute their vision. But like, here's the thing. So, say Hassel Plattner is more involved. He's at the games or whatever. Like, what? What? Like, so what? What do you want him to do? <laughs> yeah, like, get like, down there with the cheerleader to, is he, outfit. Is he supposed to go in the locker room and say, "Guys, <laughs> let's freaking do it, man"? Yeah, like, I'm paying you a lot of money. Let's get out there. 
Yeah, mm. and I and I just and I just crunched the numbers. So uh Hoffman Granlin Ruta this year will cost um seven hundred and fifty thousand more dollars than Carlson will cost. So <laughs> more money, but you're getting three players for the price of one ostensibly. Hell yeah. Uh, and like and hold long on. We term gotta, we gotta get oh, Randy G in here. Randy G. Uh shout out. Second donation of the day. <laughs> yeah. Here's another good question pertaining to next season. Was last year rock bottom or oh, let's get that back here. Or do we have one more ultra miserable season before we see an uptick in the standings? Um, I gotta tell you, so far from what Greer has done, uh, I gotta uh, boy. Now granted we're gonna have to rely on Blackwood having yep. a resurgent season. Uh, maybe Kakinen, again, also has a bounce back year. Those those are going to be the tough ones. But I can, do I think the Sharks will make the playoffs next season as it stands right now? No, you got rid of your two highest scoring players over the last six months. I've heard that doesn't help. Yeah, <laughs> so it's going. the key is going to be you have to keep the puck out of the net. Right, and so you, I guess you're you're going to have to play better defensively. Mm-hmm. But I mean, let's just consider w- where we're at. All right, and nobody's seeing this. I'm just showing this to uh, the the jerky man. But last year, your starting lineup was Meyer, Hurdle, and Cunning. So, I I don't think it's going to be. Oops, I don't think it's going to be uh, that. <laughs> you no, know, one of those no, players is gone. Not. I'll have to. We'll have to bang out an armchair GM just because I think. I mean, I say I think, and then watch something will happen. But I think we're kind of at the point where no more major moves are going to come through. Like I, th- I think now that Eric Carlson has been moved, I feel like now is the time where you can definitively say, okay, based on what we have here, how do we think the roster lines up? Because well, and I don't even want to do that until we get a couple games into camp. Sure, of course, but yeah, no, I get what you're saying. But you, I mean, you think about it: the <clears throat> opening lineup, Meyer, Hurdle, and Cunning. Uh, Cunning to me proved at least last season. Uh, I don't know, maybe he had an off season or whatever. But to me, not a top three guy. Potentially not a top six guy. Probably a bottom six. I, I I don't judge I don't I don't judge people for their mistakes. I judge people for how they respond to their mistakes. Sure. If he's and able to so, pull it out, would love it. Yeah, and so Cunnan didn't have a great year. Obviously he got injured and took far too many penalties and really didn't do a whole lot offensively. There's there's a lot of negative things to say about Luke Cunnan, but you know, we could fast forward, you know, the season is in like just just under two months. Like the narrative could be the complete opposite. Cause I think while Cunning did not have a good year last year, I think he is a decent player, and chances are he's going to play better than he did last year. So we'll see. You know. Well, my my point being is that when you look at the starting lineup, it was Meyer, Hurdle, Cunning, one of those guys gone. The next line: Lindblom, Couture, LeBanc. Now they're all still here for now. Yeah, exactly. For two, now, I was going to say two third two thirds of that line could be traded away in six months. Hello. Uh, Gregor Bonino Nieto, all gone. All gone. Uh, Laurent Sturm Gadjevic, only Sturm remains. 
So yeah, I forgot. I forgot we traded away Steven Lorenz. That kind of bummed me out a little bit. Yeah, no, I feel you. I was with you but, on that. But again, like again, it's all it's all chess, right? Mm-hmm. Where you 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 it bums you out to lose Lorenz, but you get Duclair back, and then you turn around and you're gonna flip Duclair. Say, dude, one red paperclip, right? Oh, dude, <laughs> get me that like, car, get me that house, Steven, get me that mansion. Steven Lorenz will be a Stanley Cup in the next five years. <laughs> All right. We're going to do it. We're going to follow the tea leaves. Now, here's here's the thing that I've been dying to ask and get into a little bit. Ask. Uh, okay. And we talk, We started this almost an hour ago, so uh, it was probably about time to wrap things up and maybe get a little breakfast in. Uh, how do you think Eric Carlson performs in Pittsburgh? Does he, does he play the remaining four years there? Oh, man. Dude, right? Ah, uh, you know, just because like that's something we could put a little scratch on, dude. Ooh. Oh, speaking of which, you, um, I win the bet. Remember? Okay. <laughs> Remind me again what it was. <laughs> uh, it was so we remember we had uh three bets going. Mine was it had to do with the uh the whatever it was. Oh, the Sharks won at least three games between February seventh and February twenty fifth. So I owed you a crispy fiver on that, but yep. I got it back because they didn't win 10 of their final 31. Which is... <laughs> <laughs> Which is still amazing. They that's, won that's seven. <laughs> but, that's incredible. But to finish it all off, the tiebreaker. AJ says Eric Carlson will not be in Teal this October, but Jerk oh, says yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. All right, I see you. I nice. see you. Nice. Crispy. I'll have to find a way to maybe maybe I will do a five dollar super chat. There you go. But um, <laughs> a little yeah. So I mean, dude, do you think he plays out the four years in Pittsburgh? You know, I I I think he will just because like. <laughs> the do they contract... keep Carlson and try to move Latang? <laughs> I mean, well, because that's the thing. Like they, the you look at what the signings Pittsburgh has done, right? Like Brian Rust, even Malkin. Malkin's got three more years. Brian Rust has five. Ricard Raquel's got five. Um, Latang has got five. Uh, Ryan Graves has six, which is interesting. Um, Tristan Jari's got five. You know, so they they've sort of, you know locked up these guys long ish term. And so it's, it is definitely going to be a situation similar to the sharks um, of, you know, 2019, 2020, 2021, where look it, where it it doesn't matter how good the team is. The fact is they have to try to be competitive. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, I think he will remain in Pittsburgh for the remainder of the deal just because of who they have locked up. But again, like, and, and I feel like we've been saying it for the last four years now, but once, once the cap starts going up at a normal rate again, which is going to be 12 months from now, like, I don't think we're going to be talking about the salary cap as much as we have been the last few years. Yeah. I mean, COVID totally threw a wrench into that. I mean, look at, I mean, let's just look at it like this, right? So the, the NHL, they're at 83 and a half million right now. Next year, if everything goes according to plan, which it sounds like it's going to, it's going to go from eighty-three and a half million to eighty-seven and a half million. That's on a lot of teams. Like that's a roster player. Oh, GSM in the chat saying, 
they ain't trading Latang. Full no move. He'll play twenty plus seasons for the Pens like Crosby and Malkin. Okay. You know you know who else had a full no move? <laughs> Eric Carlson. Eric Carlson. <laughs> you know who practically had a full no move because of the way their no trade was structured? Brent Burns. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey now. I mean, I mean things can change because I thought the same thing about Brent Burns. I thought like the fact that the second day of being a shark, he signed a five year contract. And then a year out from expiring, he signed an eight-year contract. I'm like, this guy has found a home in San Jose. He's going to be here forever. Well, and, and dude, let's be change, honest, right? very marketable personality. And, right, and I don't want to, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to speculate on somebody else's business, but it wouldn't surprise me if Brent Burns still owns his house in San Jose. It would surprise me. I think Chief is like he's ready to be on the farm full time once he's done with hockey. I, Maybe. Yeah, I think that's more of his vibe. But uh, <clears throat> let's let's. Uh, how many job titles do you between now and next season? Do you think Kyle Dubas has? I I, <laughs> I don't know if you I don't know if you read his quotes from that press conference, but he was like, "We concluded our GM search, and I've decided to anoint myself." <laughs> like, <laughs> like baller move. <laughs> but the thing is, like that—that's not really that much of a surprise. Like everybody was saying that when he got hired as the president, mm-hmm. you know. But it's just sort of funny to, like, every like all the like all the shit talkers on the internet on on Jeter or whatever this app is called now, Zeter Exeter. Oh, I was, you know, I was wondering what the hell you were talking about when you said that earlier. I'm all Exeter. Uh, oh, in in the back of my mind, I'm like, fuck. There's another one. Um, but you know, all the shit talkers on the internet were saying like, oh, uh. Kyle Dubas, yeah, he's the president, but he's just going to make himself GM, and it's going to be like this whole self-coronation. And then that's exactly what happened. <laughs> yeah, sometimes <laughs> one, one sometimes the few, they get it right. I was going to say, one of the few times the shit talkers were right. <laughs> so with all this, uh, all these contracts now that the Sharks have, UFA? Yep. yep. Uh, let me ask you this. Okay, ask it. Who's getting Eric Carlson's A on their sweater? Well, I'm going to... I'm gonna, Butter I'm my gonna, toast. I'm going to pre-answer your question with another question. Because who gets Nick Benino's A? Uh, see, I I think that the Sharks need to go back to three letters. It was pretty silly where it was so, like, okay, one captain, two A's for the home games, two A's for the road. I think that, to be quite honest, I think that was a little bit of ego stroking. Sure. And now that a lot of that those guys are out the door. It obviously makes sense. Couture and Hurdle, their tenure with the team, the yep. where they are on the, the salary structure, what they mean to the team. Absolutely, you get your C and your A. So who gets well, that last A? I think you could you can make an argument for Vlasic, but I don't think he wants it, nor does he give a shit about it. I, you might be able to make an argument for Ferraro. I mean, Ferraro, even though Cap Friendly doesn't list it, Ferraro already technically has it. Yeah. So... so if you go back to the captain and two alternates method, then you're set. Mm-hmm. Couture, Hurdle, and Ferraro. But if you want to go to this captain, captain, two home alternates, two road alternates sort of which operation, I, I which still the Sharks think have, is silly. And I don't disagree. It is definitely silly, but the Sharks have been doing it pretty much. Funnily enough, the Sharks have been doing it pretty much since they've been terrible. Um, <laughs> yeah, so maybe not do that anymore. But let just to speculate, right? So you have Couture, Hurdle, and Ferraro. So you need two alternates. I I think you're right. I think everything you said about Vlasic is correct. Like Vlasic probably 
deserves it just based on his stature within the league, but is probably, if he wanted it, probably would have already had it. I think Drew making the best point, Sturm. Sturm is my, I, yeah, I, I said Sturm a long time ago and, and even you, you know, throughout the whole entirety of last season, you had pointed out multiple times, like the way Sturm was very candid with the media, very accountable, very, uh, not self, uh, self-reflective, right? Mm. Just the way he was so, just the way he was so open to speaking, you know, I think. Well, and open to honesty. Right, so I would say if you're going to go back to the five letters operation, Ugh. definitely definitely Nico Sturm gets one. Do you, now maybe this is a bit more galaxy brain, right? But do you, because this group is largely brand new, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the people, the people who are here from last year either already have a letter, <laughs> aren't a player, or aren't a player that would get a letter, right? Yeah, well, so, guys that uh, you know weren't here last year, but there's also a fair amount that ain't going to be here next year. So is this is this Galaxy Brain or is this 4D chess? How uh, about hold on? Are you trying talking about like giving one to LeBanc to try to up his value? No, 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 no. <laughs> what I'm saying is, so you oh, got breaking news: Friedman saying uh, Matt Dumba closing in with Arizona, one year, approximately four mil. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and no, and and a lot of people were speculating Dumbo was going to sign with the Sharks once Carlson got traded. So, yeah. but uh, so is you tell me is this Galaxy Brain or is this 4D Chess? Why not give that fight final alternate captaincy letter to 33 year old and two time Stanley Cup champion Jan Ruta? I mean, dude has the uh, the resume. Yeah, is it Galaxy Brain or is it 4D Chess? Yeah, is that somebody you want helping to? You know, I I don't want to say mentor the blue line, but be right up there. And and it, obviously these these pieces that Greer is acquiring. How many times, good sir, have you heard uh, they play the right way? <laughs> the, they're tenacious. They're yes. it, it, if if I go the rest of my life never hearing the oh they, they're ten you know their tenacity is so remarkable it's off the charts and they play the right way they play the way we want to play blah 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 so <clears throat> is it does Ruta bring that type of game you know is is are the players that that Greer got back do they play the right way is this the 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 culture that they want to drive forward. Um, well, the thing is, none of these players really have a lot of term left on their deals. I could see maybe Jan Ruta, um, you know, depending again, depending to your point, depending on where the Sharks end up. I mean, he is 33 and when his contract expires, he's going to be 35. So kind of hard to forecast where that one is going to go. But I think Jan Ruta, if he were a little bit younger, he could be somebody who got an extension when his contract was up. But like Hoffman and Granlund, I think, I mean, they're skilled players. I just don't know that they're the type of players the Sharks are looking for. Um, Dude, sleepy mofo. <laughs> like, <laughs> I haven't seen an early Teal Town since EK65 got traded to San Jose. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, I just like, I look at Granlund, I look at Hoffman. They're good players and they're going to play well for the Sharks, but... 
they're not the type of guys that I think Greer's looking for long term just because of what they bring to the table, right? Mm-hmm. And so I don't even think you can really forecast beyond this year with respect to those guys because well, Granlin, I mean Granlin has one year left on his deal after Two. this year. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. But <laughs> But again, if he plays well and somebody is like, gosh darn it, we need that guy, mm-hmm. then, you know, who who's really to say? But I kind of think the Sharks are in the phase of their rebuild where it's like, we're going to acquire good players on the cheap so that we can eventually trade them away for a um, for a profit. Yeah. Uh, so like, GSM, dude, to, your caps lock is stuck in the on position. <laughs> um. Okay, we've been talking about this for an hour. It's probably a good time to wrap it all up. So, uh, <clears throat> overall, a year ago, we were whelmed by Mike Greer. At this point, how? I mean, grade-wise, for for what has happened between Burns and Carlson, and that and that quite quite frankly is very funny when you consider that. At one point, the Sharks had Burns and Carlson. On paper, it looked amazing. Oh, did it look great on paper? Two two Norris winner guys. Oh, my, yeah. you know, doesn't that doesn't that look just unbelievable? How'd that work out? <laughs> right. So, where are you at now on the uh, the Greer train? Do you 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 see the uh, the light at the end of the tunnel? The 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 map is showing a destination for you at this point. Because yeah, I, I, I wasn't so. I wasn't getting one with Doug Wilson there towards the last couple seasons. Like yeah, well, I, I'm like, what? It, you know, break out a different Thomas guide, buddy, because yours is broken. Yeah, I, I definitely do. I definitely do see the light at the end of the tunnel. But that said, we are very far away from the end of the tunnel, right? Yes. And and just to kind of jump onto what you the point you had made is, you know, a year, you know, 13 months ago, you were you were very whelmed with the Brent Burns trade. Mm-hmm. And because what has it turned into? It's McAniemi. McAniemi and and Stephen Lorenz ended up getting flipped for Anthony Duclair, Duclair if you want yeah. to look at it that way, but And you get some I mean the it wasn't how what did they eat 2.7. So they did get some money off the books which and again that's to me um and I don't think we even mentioned this with the Eric Carlson deal. But what you don't see listed in this trade proposal is Hockey Jerk's favorite, second favorite player coming back to the Sharks by the name of Cap Space. Yeah. That's huge. I don't think... Uh, it's, it's just... It's hysterical to me that, again, we heard all this talk of like... Oh, the sharks are—they're—they're uh, they're dreaming if they think they're only going to eat twenty percent. And they didn't even eat that, right? <laughs> it's just kind of like it just goes to show you a lot of the uh, you know podcasters, bloggers, and and hey, us too, man. There are some days we say something, and you look—you can look back on it six weeks later and go, "What the fuck was I thinking?" It just goes to show you, man. A lot of people, the, the, even the ones that get paid to do this. Don't know everything. <laughs> what was the now? Let me ask you this question. So, do you you remember when? Um, remember when the rumors came out earlier last season uh, about the Sharks and Oilers conversation about Eric Carlson? Yeah. 
What was the, what was the rumored percentage that the Sharks were willing to retain? Wasn't it seventeen or eighteen percent, something in that arena? I thought it, I thought it was always stuck at no more than twenty. Maybe, regardless, I I remember it was a real weird number. I think it might have been eighteen or seventeen percent. Yeah, I do have a, a slight recollection of that. But I just think it's funny because that number came out and everybody was like, oh my God, Mike Greer, like, what do you, are you, you know, is Santa Claus real too? Like, <laughs> like, what are you talking about? And then again, as we talked about earlier, you know, the, the Sharks ended up retaining 13% on Eric Carlson. Okay. And here's a great, great question from the wave in the chat, dude. I would have ate 20% for more picks. What do you think? I mean, it sounds nice just in a vacuum, but there's no indication that that was on the table. Like, yeah, and the and the thing for me is, you're not paying. That's over the term of four years, right? Right. I mean, right? If, so if it's, it you're getting the, one pick, but you're paying for it for four years. No, what they got, I'm very happy with. Yeah, I mean, think about it like this: if they, you know, let's say. Say the sharks do twenty percent instead of thirteen percent. Like, what is what is an extra seven percent worth? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, do I they maybe know. do they? Okay, so you retain an extra seven percent. Let's just say, does that mean the twenty twenty six pick you give to Pittsburgh is a fourth instead of a third? Sure. Like at this point, you're 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 counting grains of sand at this point. What what if I told you the sh- <laughs> the sharks? have more picks in the first two rounds of this season than they have in the third round over the next three years. That's fine. Third round picks are suck anyway. Oh, the the Sharks. Go back and look, my friend. I, I Have they ever had a single one hit? <laughs> like I feel like they're, that's like literally the round where the Sharks are like, nope, don't need it, don't care about it. Somebody else will like it. Go ahead. <laughs> Do, like historically, the Sharks' third round picks horrible well not only that but like think about how easy it is to get a third round pick <laughs> like Dude. you you want to you want to talk about it you, you, know, you get like about, three just for coming into the league right i was gonna say you want to talk about putting some scratch onto it like uh really quick hold on i'm sorry zach yes zach the sharks are paying more via taking on grandland but it's only two years at five million per versus four years at eleven and a half million per, it nets out in the sharks' favor me, uh, in the long in the long term. Let, let me throw you just some 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 names here. Linus Carlson. See you bye. Yeah. All right. Um, let's just roll down. Mike Robinson. Who? <laughs> yeah. Alex Schoenborn. Who? Dylan Sadowy. <laughs> okay, right. the uh, Justin Sefton. These are the players that the Sharks have taken over the last ten years in the third round. Mm-hmm. Y- you know, a bunch of who? They have definitely like they took Mike Robinson in the third round. The guy has not played a single game, but you know who has? Rudolph Spalsers taken in the fifth of that same one. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one, Alex Schoenborn, Dylan Sadowy, both taken in the third round I have never played a game but you know who has Kevin LeBanc taken in the sixth so it just goes to show like historically the sh- the last time the Sharks and this is me scrolling and scrolling 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 dude Grice 
is the last player that they've taken in the third round that has played any meaningful games in the NHL. And, and he did, didn't, didn't even he just hit, fucking retire. He did just retire, but he didn't even hit his ceiling until he left the Sharks. Oh, oh man, if I had a nickel for that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Every time that happens. But, but, but here's dude, the thing. Dude, 1998, Brad Stewart in the first round, Jonathan Chichu in the second round, Rob Davison in the fourth round, uh, <laughs> Mikhail Samuelson in the fifth round, Jim Fahey in the eighth round. You know who they took in the third? Eric LaPlante never played a game in the NHL. Like, yeah. historically, just go and look. I'm telling you, man, third rounders have never worked for the Sharks. So the point is, yeah, give them up. Who cares? Well, it, you know what's really, you know what's really funny about you, um, you know what's really funny about you going back to 1998 specifically. What's that? Oh, is that when you were born? No, no. <laughs> that's uh, that's only two years after a certain someone took the director of amateur scouting job. Oh ho! <laughs> Just saying. Uh, anyway, yeah. um, going back to the point you had made earlier. So the Sharks right now, if, if everything freezes today, the Sharks have two firsts, two seconds, which sounds fucking incredible. And that, uh, remember that Jersey one, if everything goes right in Jersey this season, that could bounce up to a first. Yeah. I mean, I'll, just I'll be the Devils. Albeit if the, if the criteria are satisfied for it to go to become a first, it's going to be a very low first. Yeah, but you know what? Who cares? You'll still yeah. take it, right? Oh, and it's still... Um, uh, currency for deals down the line. Right. So the Sharks, they got two firsts, two seconds, a fourth, a fifth, a sixth, and two sevenths. So they got four, five, six, seven, eight, nine picks. And which might not be done. We'll see. And that's the other thing, too. Again, you have to, you got to forecast, right? You got to look ahead. So LeBanc, Hoffman, Duclair, Barabanov, Lindblom, Capo uh, Kakinen, all pending unrestricted free agents pretty safe bet of those six names i listed if i'm being conservative pretty safe bet that uh half of them get traded yes and that's on the conservative side like there's a good chance that all six of them get traded that's a lot of currency right there like again <laughs> especially lebanc hoffman duclair barbon especially with those four depending on how their seasons go that could be four seconds right there Oof. And I'm gonna be I'm not gonna lie, I'm gonna be bummed to see Barabanov go. Me too, but I think it's the logically right thing. Yeah, it's 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 better for the team and, and everything, but oh man, that's a, it was it was dude, it was a fun run with that guy. He was you know, he was he was a bright spot in a relatively dark era of sharks hockey. But but you know what, but at the same time, but here to to kind of to kind of already take an axe to the point I just made, you know. Could Barabanov be the guy who values, you know, a comfort over winning, mm. you know, or because the, we, it says, hey, the Sharks gave me a chance when Toronto wouldn't. Well, and, and again, we, we've gone through his history before, but just to do it again, comes to San Jose, only plays nine games. And he's like, you know what? I didn't play here long and this team was terrible. Sign me up for another year <laughs> and then plays well. And same thing. Hey, I played well. I feel like I have more to give, but the, and this team was terrible again. It doesn't matter. Sign me up for two years. Mm -hmm. And then played well last year, and no reason to think he's not going to play well this year. Like, There's already been two examples of him being like, I'm happy here. I don't care if we suck. Like, 
A lot maybe, to be said for that. I mean, maybe that continues. Maybe. <laughs> How you know, is maybe... it that the culture is that good for the bar- for Barabanov and the Sharks, yet the culture we keep on hearing problems with the Barracuda? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> That's like a, square that circle. And 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 the thing is, like, of those six names that I mentioned, like, I do think there's a very real chance that it, it could go the other way as well, where two thirds of them end up re-signing and coming back. I mean, to your point, if especially LeBanc, I know there's a lot of dialogue about LeBanc, but especially LeBanc and Duclair, like they're only 27. Like if you, if you think this rebuild has got another three years, like by the time, by the time the Sharks hypothetically are competing again, like they'll be 30, like that's still young, Mm -hmm. you know, if they feel comfortable, compelled to wait it out. And there's no indication that that is the case, but you know, if the fit is right and maybe the the roadmap is shorter than we think, maybe any number of those six names end up wanting to stick around. But I think, you know, the smart thinking is that all six of them will probably be gone in 12 months and, and that gets you more draft picks. Yeah. Well, and something that you've kind of intimated. Sure. But. The, the, you know, I just, just, sometimes you just have to say it out loud. (laughs) (laughs) Mike Greer took a very, very difficult, damn near immovable contract and turned that into three very movable contracts. Yeah. So, and a first round pick. Yeah. So you you have to, (laughs) and cap space. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, so before we take off, um, who, who, who does the marketing department focus on next year? (laughs) Dude, no more Timo, no more Carlson. I mean, obviously hurdle and couture, the good names, but I mean, you've got a lot of guys that are tied up for a very small amount of time. So it's like, is it just the hurdle and couture show until, uh, Eklund or Smith or Bordalo or somebody, uh, catches fire and, and you know, makes the jump. Yeah, I, I, well, I think I'd I'd, I'd give Nico Sturm some camera time. (laughs) Yeah, I would too. I, I I think Ferraro, because here's the thing, the sharks, the sharks have to sell tickets, right? Yeah. So you got to market somebody to, to start the season though. Like even the guys who probably aren't going to be here very long Duclair, Hoffman, uh, you know, you got to market those guys too because they're sexy names. People have heard of those names. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and so to start, you're going to market those names, obviously. But then once those guys are all traded away, you know, obviously Hurdle and Couture, to your point, are going to be marketed. You probably market Granlin because he's going to be on this team beyond this year. But like after the trade deadline and all these guys are traded away, that's when you really steer into your Sturm, your Zetterlin, maybe Zadina. Definitely Eklund, definitely Thrun and Ferraro and Kanijov, you know, like you kind of like you you got to market the guys in the first half just because you want to sell tickets. But then once you sort of really get into the nitty gritty, like that's when you really got to market the young guys is like once all those older guys with who are going to be UFAs are gone, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh... and 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 the Sharks, I think the Sharks, I think, could do a lot of good work in or I'm sorry, a lot of better work in their marketing in general, because again, like I personally, yeah, feel stop like, stealing our shit. We had teal together first, but that's all fine. You know, it's fine. Well, I personally <laughs> feel like not enough people know who Henry Thrun is or what he's all about. Sure. And, you know, I, I understand, like, I understand the selling tickets element of it. And I definitely think that's important. and needs to be done. But at the same time, you also need to, market the guys who are going to be here longer than this year. 
Exactly. Yeah. But, and then, yeah, sell tickets for the CUDA. But just, you know, just put the posters of Thrun and Eklund and Borderlands. Just hang them at TechCU for now and then just move them over when the time is right. I don't know. I think, <laughs> I mean, because with all the guys the Sharks have acquired, right? Granlin, Hoffman, Duclair, they still have Barbonov, they still have LeBanc, Couture, Hurdle. Like, that right there is a pretty filled up top six. Like, does it, is, and that's not even factoring in Zadina either. Like, who I think should be in the top six. So like, do you think it's better for Eklund to start with the Barracuda again, just because he's not going to get top six time with the sharks or do you maybe try and like with all these guys just go for like a more balanced attack and not like the, the sharks teams that made the playoffs in 2018 and 2019, like, you know, that was a more balanced attack. It was like having four second lines, right? Do you try and, do you try and do that with this team where it's like, yeah, you know, Eklund and Zadina are on our third line, but that third line, they're going to play 16 minutes and they're going to be on the power play and they're going to be just as effective as our top two lines. Like, do you take that approach or do you just say, hey, you know what, Eklund, go to the Barracuda until we trade these guys away? Uh, two things pop into my head. First, I would say uh, whoever has the best camp, you know, yeah, good point. perform and you're going to get be rewarded. Uh, the other thing is, to me, at this point, what's best for their development? Sure. So that's the way I would look at it. Uh, but I like the points that you made. John Swenson in the chat, how do you compare this trade to the Burns trade? Oh, my God. This one takes the Burns trade's lunch money and shoves it in a locker. Big time. Couldn't agree more. Let me ask you a question. Sure. Say it. So think back, and, and again, this wasn't that long ago. Think back to when the Sharks acquired Anthony Duclair. Mm-hmm. The social media is, oh, Duke, welcome to San Jose. Here's a here's a highlight reel. Here's a picture. Here's a here's a media interview. Here's all this stuff, right? It was very much like, yeah, this guy is going to be here and it's going to be awesome. And now, granted, we're only you know just under two hours removed from the trade coming down, but everything on the socials right now, specifically relating to Granlin and Hoffman, it almost just kind of feels like this was a business transaction, like. Mm-hmm. Is there an outside chance one of those two guys gets flipped somewhere else before training camp starts? <sighs> maybe to a team, hear me out, maybe to a team that wants to add a middle six winger but has this pesky salary cap problem and they're waiting for some LTIR to kick in? <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm I don't so think, sick of LTIR. <laughs> I don't think it's I don't think it's likely, but I think it's possible. Oh my lord! Oh, right. GSM GSM says Hoffman has a bad rep around the league. The guy just goes places and wins. I mean, results are in the pudding. But do, but does he have a bad rep? Like uh, now, here's the thing: the whole situation with him and his wife, allegedly cyberbullying Eric Carlson's wife. Like it's definitely fucked up. But I don't know. I it just feels. I don't know if you're going to say that one thing has led to this really bad reputation. Okay, then sure. Yeah, I can believe that. And that makes a lot of sense. But a lot of I mean, that's people... the only player I've ever heard him have a problem with. Right. But the other thing is, I've, and, I've and we don't know people... that it was him. It could be just that their wives were very catty and did a get but, like I, I could really give a shit, to be honest. But what I'm saying is like. I see these people. I see these people saying, "Oh, Hoffman's got a bad rep. He's done all this bad stuff." And then, when it comes time to like expand on that, it's like, "Well, his wife cyberbullied Eric Carlson's wife." And like, 
not to say that that's not bad, but that's all that they mention. And so it's like, if there's more shit out there, I want to know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, like, Chris saying, share. man is a shark's legend for a reason. Right. But again, to go back to the point I made, right, you look at these look at these teams who could conceivably want to add someone but need to get their LTIR under control. Right. Tampa Bay, Colorado, Vegas, Florida, um, maybe the Dallas Stars. Right. Oof. Like, again, I, I'm not saying it's likely, but it's definitely possible where if a team says, hey, you know what? We have cap space now because of LTIR. Can we give you a second round pick for this guy? money mike will be like yep sure thank you goodbye <laughs> i love it yeah if they can send him to um to dallas that'd be if all he does is win help out my boy over there yeah one last kick at the can all all, all to say like it's not like money mike is not like this was not the last thing eric carlson was not the was not the kumbaya for this offseason like there's I think there's more to be done here. Again, you you've got 14 forwards and eight defensemen. Like that's a and they're all NHLers. It's not like somebody needs to go down to the Barracuda, right? And that doesn't include Bordalo, that doesn't include Thrun. Like mm, mm-hmm. there's more that doesn't include Jacob Peterson or Ryan Carpenter. Like more things have to be happening. Bro, th- this is why Chris needs to come back every once in a while and make a make a guest cameo. You consider his impact to time on roster. Mike Hoffman is the greatest shark of all time. The Sharks have never lost a game when Hoffman was on the team. I'm saying it. They also never played a game, but... <laughs> That's fine. And, and and for those of you who are unaware, if you want to see the Mike Hoffman tribute video, it's already posted on Teal, on the Teal Town YouTube channel. So you can go find that. One of our uh, most popular videos by far, I would how say. Incre- how incredible would it be if the Sharks acquired and flipped Hoffman twice? How incredible would that be? Oh, dude. Now, you want to talk 4D chess? <laughs> Ooh, dude, it's uh, we're still I know you're you're talking that it's oh we're six weeks out, dude. Six weeks is a long time in hockey, my friend. Yep, dude. I could I could see. Oh, man. Do we need to put a little scratch on that? I don't know. We'll talk. We have to talk <laughs> offline, get our bets in order. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, uh, with that, for those of you who might have just joined in a little late, Eric Carlson is no longer a shark details here on your screen, but what ends up happening is look, Carlson's massive contract now relatively unaffective to the San Jose sharks. Only what? 1.5. Yep. For the next four seasons, which is next to nothing. That is tip money. And remember the cap is going up next season, and the Sharks also got a first-round pick and three very flippable assets. So, again, win in my book. Very big win. I got to say, the Mike Greer era had me a little tilted at first, and uh, right now I'm here for it. I'm not saying it's Montana to Young making that transition just yet. We'll see. Wilson has the receipts. He put together very good teams for a very long time. But yeah, the last couple of years, it dude, is it me? It all started. Uh, Burns wins that goddamn Norris, and all of a sudden, guys are getting eight-year deals when they never got over five, and that's when it all went. Got to play the game. <sighs> do here's, I? Here's, do I though? If you want to win a Stanley Cup, yeah. Um. But here, here's the thing. You mentioned that this is a big win for the Sharks, and I agree 100%. I agree with you. 
But I think this is a big win for Pittsburgh too. What is Pittsburgh? You know, what is the Pittsburgh uh, social saying? Like, do you see people on the Tweety talking about like, oh yes, you know, now oh my God, him with Latang, uh, Crosby and Malkin are going to do it. Uh, they're they're going to be pissed off that they missed last year. So they're you know, and they what did they miss by anyway? Like two points? Like it wasn't a lot. Yeah. So it's hmm, you know, huge and. And oh my God, when uh, the Penguins play Ovi, it's going to be awesome. And because Ovi's going to be going for the record. And I mean, it seems like a lot of just kind of quickly, quickly scrolling through the replies. Did you, are you like, wearing your hazmat suit to uh, go into the <laughs> comment section? No, honestly, it seems like it it's, seems like more people are hyped about the fact that the Penguins cleared out a bunch of money. Oh, so this is kumbaya all around. Everybody's happy. Right, because you look at it. So, like, so Jeff notice Petrie, how nobody gives a shit about Montreal fans. <laughs> but even then, like, like I think this is this is the rare trade where every team's a winner. Like, well, you and, know, and let's be honest, we will all judge it three years from now. But go, of course, yeah. I mean, yeah, you can't judge. You can't judge. You know, you have to judge it twelve months from now. You have to judge it when the last piece of the deal is finalized, which is that twenty twenty six third, and you have to judge it. You know. A year or so after that but just look at it on the surface we've talked a lot about the sharks i and it's a really good deal for them they get the first round pick and they to your point three assets that they can flip if they want to and real real deal prime in the chat saying the sharks lost this trade so you're getting 30 plus year old 30 plus year olds on the team you know grandland 31 mike hoffman 33 again to what you were saying earlier that that's not ancient well, not only that, but but and very flippable. But yeah, but that's the thing is is the people who say that like you you have to play the long game with these things, and it's it's clear to me Mike Greer is playing the long game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's you like know? two of the three guys that they're getting, they're UFA in a year, right? <laughs> so I, who gives I a think, shit? I think, dude, in, you're stuck with Carlson for four years. <laughs> when the um when the trade deadline comes in six months, I feel like we're going to be referencing this show a lot. And, mm-hmm. and, 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 and here's the thing, like I said, the sharks, obviously, I think it's a really good trade for them. Pittsburgh, they get Eric Carlson, Dylan Hamaluk is a decent prospect. Maybe there's more there. Maybe there's not. And they get a third round pick. You're not complaining about getting draft picks. And they bring in Rem Pitlick, who again has only been like a fourth liner to this point, but is a, a decent player. You need those players. And then Montreal, Montreal, I think is the real winner because they get a second round pick and really the only thing they have to do is take Jeff Petrie back and they get a goalie in Casey Smith. Like mm-hmm. it's good all around. And, and honestly with like, everybody's talking about, Oh my God, Pittsburgh, they brought in $10 million. What are they doing? Right? Well, they cleared out, you know, seven and a half million to San Jose and four and a half million to Montreal. So when you think about it, despite taking on Eric Carlson's, reduced cap hit of $10 million. Pittsburgh is still net positive on their cap space. Hmm. So it's a win. I don't know what the hell bacon is, but I just like the comment that said, if I had a nickel for every time the sharks traded a defenseman who finished top 10 in Norris voting, (laughs) retained salary still received an essentially worthless package. I'd have two nickels. <laughs> thing is though, and the thing oh. about that Pat that Patrick Bacon guy, like I'm not I'm not gonna sit here and disparage anybody's work, but 
that guy, from what I understand, that guy said a lot of dumb shit more than he said smart stuff. So, oh, I see. I don't even know who the hell it is, nor do I care. Uh, I just look at this and I go, did, did, if anything right now, and of course, Chris is waiting for the urinating tree video, which of course is going to be great. Um, when I look at this all in, I, I want to say, do you think that there is a contingent of fans that for Pittsburgh that could say, we overpaid this deal. Like we, did we really have to give up a first and a second? Um, I mean, you had to give up a first to get Carlson. That was the going rate, no matter what was going on. Remember very early on, it was like, Oh, we're not even talking. We're hanging, you know, we're not taking your call unless it starts with two firsts. Right. And I think like Pittsburgh, yeah, they gave up a first and a second, but the thing is like the way, you know, the, specifically the Granlin contract, like as, like I said, as good of a player as Granlin is, I mean, he's, he's had some troubles, especially this year, like struggling on the ice, but I still think he's a good player. And, you know, the way, same thing, Jeff Petrie, good player struggled. And so I think, yeah, they give up a first and second round pick, but Pittsburgh was able to, like I said, they were able to dump $12 million in cap and didn't have to pay like a sweetener for it like well real real deal seems to be uh kind of agreeing with you so montreal dumped over five million cap got their goalie got a hometown kid and a pick yeah and again uh, like you said said, dude everybody wins right and i think you know if you want to look at it from the thirty thousand foot view i like if you're saying right here right now i think pittsburgh is the number one winner just because they got Eric Carlson, but also because they got to offload a bunch of money that wasn't really working out for them and they didn't have to pay a penalty for it. So I definitely think if you're right here right now, if you're comparing Pittsburgh to San Jose, then obviously, yeah, the Pittsburgh side is more preferable. But the thing that I really appreciate about what Mike Greer is doing is he's playing the long game. Mm. He's saying, okay, we're going to acquire these guys, Hoffman, Granlund, maybe Jan Ruta, but maybe not. We're going to acquire these guys. We're going to play them. And guess what? If they if they do exactly what they did last year, guess what? You can still flip them and get something. If they play even better, that value is inflated. You can get more. Gers playing the long game, and I love that he's doing it. He Hoffman and Granlin, he's doing the same thing with Duclair. He's doing the same thing with Zadina. Guess what? Zadina doesn't work out. You let him go. No big deal. He does work out. Guess what? You got a top six forward who's 24 years old. Hell yeah. So I Greer's s- playing the long game and I love it. And I want to see the one guy who like has an Eric Carlson jersey and like, you know, puts the uh the eight over the five, puts Hoffman on the on the back. <laughs> well, I, what I want to know is like it, you know, I don't know. I said I, I mean, are say... they are they really gonna disrespect Melka Carlson like that by giving <laughs> Hoffman sixty eight? Dude. I mean, how funny would that be? <laughs> <laughs> so, so epic. What's, I got to call Warner. He's got to have at least one milker lying around. <laughs> but, oh, man. Yeah. So, anyway, I uh, yeah, I, I dig this. I did, I did see quite the uptick over the last week or so of people trying to, like, you know, uh, hey, anybody want to buy my Carlson jersey? <laughs> <laughs> well, hmm. and you know what? Depend, depending on who you ask, uh, depending on who you ask, those, those Carlson jerseys are either going to be, like, worthless or they're going to be like delicacies just depending oh, on who you ask uh, yeah because you know got that norris and had the 100 point season 
Um, well, and the fact that he's gone too, which means those jerseys are theoretically going to be less available. Sure. Uh, real deal. Long game doesn't mean bringing in 30-year-old vets need picks, prospects, and young talent. Yeah, and that's what we said. You flip those 30-year-old vets for the picks. Yeah, I, I okay, so this and again, I'm not trying to flame anyone here, but like if the Sharks if the Sharks, <clears throat> excuse me, acquire a 2024, let's just say, a 2024 second now or they acquire a 2024 second in 6 months, what I I'm failing to understand what the problem is here because in both situations, the 20 the 2024 draft is still months away. Yeah. I'm so what uh, what what's the glitch here? <laughs> There's no glitch. Because, like, I don't know. I just, okay, you bring in, like. Let it go, man. Just let it go. I, I Again, it's the off season. I'm not, it's not flame people mode. but like, Yeah. We'll, we'll wait. Just, yeah. That come, like an L take. But that'll, okay. that'll come in October. All right, everybody. Uh, thanks so much for joining. Uh, hey, you know, we used to uh, do this thing called the Pucknologist every Sunday. Uh, we still do it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, thoughts on moving it to nine o'clock in the morning instead of seven at night? <laughs> Yay, nay? Uh, you know, as <laughs> as weird as this sounds, I'm actually not against that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, once football season's over, I might entertain the idea. God, could you imagine? I'm telling you. <laughs> uh, but any hoodles, uh, look, we're uh, going to be back in October for Pucknologists. Remember, between now and then, we're going to be talking to Remenda. We'll probably be talking to Brazil. We'll probably be talking to Tara Sloan. There's a lot of people we're going to be chatting with. So um, look out for that. We'll do our previews, all the other stuff that you're used to. But between now and the start of camp-ish, uh, we'll probably, uh, you're not going to see a whole lot from the, the Teal Town YouTube channel unless another deal comes down like it did today. So... Uh, look, everybody deserves a break, and we're certainly there for the amount of content we generate. So we could probably take August off unless uh, something happens. But uh, in case you missed it, remember, you can catch all of our stuff. Uh, if you're on Stitcher, though, you might want to uh, get off there because from, from what I understand, that's about to go away. But, uh, yeah, if you missed it, you can find us all the different platforms. And remember... We're on all the social media networks. Uh, we thank you so much for the people who uh, threw a little donation in the Super Chat tonight. Very much appreciate that. Uh, and there you go. So with that, um, oh boy, how's your summer been so far? <laughs> Not bad? So far, so good. Um, it's been, you know, I think you can agree this season uh, was really kind of taxing. And mm -hmm. so it's, it's, it's been nice to not have to think about it. Hell yeah. <laughs> and, and somehow I ended up thinking about, it. you know, what's helped it's that little thing behind me with the, with the wheel and the spokes and the seat yeah? and everything. Oh yeah. Sig nice. Significant help. Get out, get outside, go breathe some fresh air. Dude, I I'm telling you this, like I would love, you know, I have a bike in my garage, I have inline skates in my garage. I would love to go out and just go for a cruise. But, but like, it's 112 degrees. I was going to say, I was explaining this, and I'm like, I'm like, man, I would love to go do these things. But it's like, it's hot as hell outside. Like, I literally, I can't. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Dude, without that, running the risk uh, of dying. <laughs> yeah, you need that uh, access to the sphere. Just say, hey, guys, I just want to go around in circles. Leave me alone. 
right and and you know now granted once we you know once we hit probably mid-october then the weather is going to be really choice and so you know from mid-october to i would say mid-october to probably beginning of june i'm probably just going to be trying to be outside as much as i can perfect all right well uh again thanks everybody for joining us thanks for the thumbs up uh thanks for the subscribes if you were able to do that and uh, look, if you're interested, I'm sure that every other Sharks podcast is going to be doing a live show at some point today. So if we, if, if us jabbering for over an hour and a half wasn't enough for you, or you need to hear some other takes, there you go. Other, po- uh, other, other podcasts are available for you out there to uh, belabor the point. I want to see if any of them uh, who made silly predictions are going to admit it. Because, there, dude, there was a Penguins podcast that I saw post something and I was like, really? Really, guys? That's that's where you're going with it? So, And then uh, the Carolina podcast as well. And in fact, uh, I, f- I believe I'm going to be guesting on a, uh, on a, on a podcast here. So uh, coming up pretty soon, this is, uh, you know, what is this? <laughs> I agreed to it. And, oh, Coast to Coast Hockey Podcast. So uh, I guess I'm going to be talking to them and uh, look going to be a lot to talk about now after what happened today. So, uh, oh, Real Deal Prime said subscribe. Thank you very much, good person. And with that, uh, any last thoughts, words, things until we uh, open the Pucknologist when the season starts? Yeah, my last thoughts. This is... I'm looking at the Sharks armchair GM right now, and, I, and I've and i kind of like... People who I think should be in the NHL, I've moved them up to the NHL tier mm-hmm. and in doing that the forwards are at 16 which is far too high <laughs> does you say wait a minute <laughs> but but my reason for bringing that up is that kind of reinforces my prediction that like we could still see one of these forwards go between now and training camp hey that brings another teal town live then to the party that's what they say that that is what they say i'm interested Do, uh the Sharks, more points next season. No. You don't think they're going to have more points, even if it's just one more point? You don't think so far on paper this upcoming team could put up more points? And and granted, we already said they've lost their two top scores over the last six months, but... But they you, have more lower-tier scorers. More lower-tier scores, but, uh, it's, but maybe they actually have def- some defensemen now that actually play defense. You know, I, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the contrarian, and I'm gonna say the Sharks are gonna do exactly what they did last year. And you know what that leads to? A pretty solid first round pick. Yeah, I'll take it. I'm, How I, I'm I'm willing to embrace the suck for one more year. The the last point I'll make, and you know, this is really steering into the galaxy brain here. So Pittsburgh missed the playoffs, as we mentioned. Pittsburgh missed the playoffs by one point last year. Like, how epic would it be if they missed the playoffs again? <laughs> because the Sharks hold their first round pick, and as long as oh. it's not in, and as long as it's not in the top ten, they'll keep it. Is it well? It's top five protected, isn't it? Top ten protected. Ah, I'm so top tired 10. of these fucking protections. It's, it's top ten protected, and then. It's top 10 protected, and then, so if the Penguins do end up in the top 10, then it'll be a 2025 first that I believe has zero protections. Ooh. Hmm. 
like I said, like like there's a lot of considerations, you know. Yeah, there's a lot to. Uh, well, you know what? And we have the next six weeks to do that. Yeah, there's a lot to chew on. Yeah, a lot, a uh, lot of fat on the bone, a lot of meat on the bone. It's all good. All right, everybody. We hope you uh, have enjoyed this hour and a half of absolute elation. Mike Greer doing yeoman's work so far over there. Um, and I will leave you with. I'll I'll leave you all with this. And uh, and we'll we'll ask the question to jerk, but we won't get the answer until we begin the upcoming season of the Pucknologist. Um, hope you guys had a have a great summer for what's left of it. Bring on the football! But my question is, who 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 will be my twenty three twenty four whipping boy on the Pucknologist? Good night. Or I should say, good morning, everybody.